Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. A rocket scientist, a cowboy, a porn star, and a mom walk into a dungeon. And those are just the players. Stay tuned after this episode for a trailer for I Seduce the Dragon, which is a bi-weekly actual play D&D podcast starring five talented women who started playing as a way to connect with each other and evolved into a series of hilarious side quests and attempted heroics. Rev here. I am once again solo in the recording space, just Harvey and I hanging out. Uh, So before we get to the episode, there are a couple things I want to let you know about. We are almost up to our two-year anniversary. Uh, We launched the show on May 30th in 2018, and to celebrate that, we want to do a cosplay contest. So the rules are really simple. All you got to do is dress up like your favorite character from the show, get a couple pictures, and you can go onto the website and submit them through the Contact Us link. Uh, and use art submission. That'll let you upload the files. You can also go onto Twitter and share them there with the hashtag CritShowCosplay. This contest will end on May 24th, and we'll announce the winners on the episode on May 27th. Uh, I'm going to put together a big bundle of things for the winner. Uh, It'll be a mix of games that we have played, as well as dice and swag, and just, you know, kind of a a goodie bag, a, a bundle, an Easter basket full of gaming goodness, if you will. So again, that will end on May 24th, so... Dress up like whatever character you like, Uh, take a picture and submit that in, and we will pick the winners on May 24th and announce those on the 27th. This weekend, we had the live show on Twitch, which was the uh, kind of the alternative form of the live show we had originally planned. Uh, If you were not able to tune in, you can go to twitch.tv for the next, I think, like week or so and see that. Uh, We will also be uploading it to our YouTube page. I'm going to try to rip the audio from it. I'm just not sure how it's going to sound, but I will try to get the audio from that and see if I can clean it up a little bit and put it out on the feed here. Uh, I promise you it'll probably be way better with the visuals. Uh, We had Carolyn on as a guest, and we also had another special guest, a very old friend of mine, Ryan Niemiller, uh, who some of you may know from America's Got Talent. Uh, He was on this last season, and we all played ourselves in the Easter-themed game that Jake ran for us, and it was a lot of fun. Um, During that broadcast, we released some new swag. Uh, So if you go now to the critshowpodcast.com slash merch, you will find that there are two stores now. There is a swag store and a clothing store. Uh, In the clothing store, we have some new items including tank tops, Uh, but in the swag store, we now have the Crit Show D6s that have the Crit Show logo on the one side, uh, as well as patches. Uh, So you can go there and order those. We do have a limited supply of the dice. Most of them sold during the live stream, but we do have some left. Uh, So you can head over to the CritShowPodcast.com slash merch, and you can find the dice, the patches, as well as some new shirt options. I hope that you're all taking care of yourselves. And with that, it's time to let the recap roll. 
you charge into this room and you can see just barely with the low light that you're kind of running through a dining room and you push your way through a door and standing before you is a bear with its paw in the refrigerator and it turns and it looks at you and it roars and as it does you see black start to cover its head and its eyes are covered with the yellow eyes of a soul bat. Your phone buzzes uh, and it's from Ori. Bro, really wish that the others had heard and known what you experienced when you had gone to India. Now it seems they're all making some pretty rash decisions to rectify the problem of the havoc those soul bats would cause if they succeed. If you want to reach me and my number is a bad connection Use this one, one four four three seven four four three three five five. I'm gonna look at the first letter of every line and see if this Ori has encoded a message for me like my Ori does. I think the first thing you notice is that it's not broken up weirdly. Can I consult with other me to see if they have a different code than what I'm expecting to see? So the way to break up the message is hidden in the return phone number. Okay, so I'll go through and kind of count out the number of words relative to the number in the phone number and what I end up with is Broken Arrow. Which in this moment, you remember you and Ori sitting and watching it over and over again. His favorite movie, which is about a stolen nuke being detonated in a highly populated U.S. city. We see the Huey helicopter sitting in the middle of an abandoned trailer park. We see Jake sitting inside of the helicopter, his face illuminated by his phone. He has just read the hidden message from Ori, which reads Broken Arrow. Jake, what are you doing? I'm going to go ruin everybody's good night's sleep. Um, <laughs> shit. Which one is which one is Everett in? Which one of you is Everett with? In mine. Then I'm going to rush into that one first. I think you like you kick the door in and four guns are pointing at you. They've got a nuke. They've got a nuke and they're sending it to Indianapolis. So who the vampires, what? the vampires are going to nuke Indianapolis to take out the soul bat problem. When? Probably now. If we wait until tomorrow, we're going to run out of time. I don't know how it's being delivered, but Ori just that was his text to me. That was the code was that they're sending a nuke to take this thing out. And if if we wait until tomorrow, it's going to be too late. We can't do the spell at night. Then somehow we have to intercept the missile. What? That's uh, that's the only that's the only thing. That's all we can do. I mean, we can let them fucking nuke Indianapolis, I guess, and maybe it takes care of this in a very very destructive way. But if we want to do this the way that we're planning to, we've got to stop that missile because we can't do the spell until it's daylight out. And by the time it's daylight, we're too late. Uh, we have to know when we have to know how are they just shooting a missile from a silo somewhere? Are they using a bomber like what? We don't know what to intercept. Do we wait till we see a big streak across the, the sky and chase it? I don't know. I'm going to go tell the other trailer while you guys start thinking about this because they've also got to know. And I think we've got to get ready to move immediately. OK, so you head over to the other trailer and push the door open. And again, you are greeted with four kind of surprised people uh and same same thing they're they're sending a nuke to indianapolis we are out of time we don't have time to wait until daylight we got to do something i have no idea what to do can you bar a city to plutonium <laughs> that's a creature right yeah yeah uh, i i think it's probably pretty safe to say that we've gotten ourselves up and around and gathered yes um I don't even know which thread to start here, intercepting a nuke or seeing if we can pull this off before 
the nuke is fired, what about the spell has to do with it being daylight? Does it have to be daylight like at the point of where the ley line is? Yeah, it is one of the requirements for this spell. Okay, this is an extra step, but can you do your thing? Can you do your your daylight thing over the ley line and then do the rest of the spell? Is is that enough? I think I'm getting a no from TJ inside. Uh, it's... It's not because of the light. It's because of the position of the sun. It's because of the way that the earth is positioned in the heavens. And yeah, it yeah, needs okay, the, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I got it. I got it's it. It's magic. God, how do we intercept a nuke? I mean, if we can figure out if we can figure out how it's being delivered, like if it's coming in on a plane, then we could route the plane somehow, maybe. Or if it's been like launched out of a silo, then I have I don't know. I have no idea. Then you have to fly a jet and shoot this thing out of the air. I learned how to fly a jet well enough to eject out of it somewhere over a building. I don't know how to dogfight. Okay, well, our other option is you tossing me at it in midair. I don't know. (laughs) No. No, 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 I don't like it. I'm so floored by the idea. Um... (laughs) God, do we have any way to like to figure out? Okay, they the vampires like found this nuke. They found this warhead. So that doesn't really answer anything. That doesn't really answer a a method of delivery or where it's coming from or anything. How can you get a hold of him? How can you find out any details? We have nothing. We have nothing. He's not answering the phone and he's he's messaging me in code. So this is clearly somebody's watching or he's afraid that somebody's watching. Um, I can try and I can try and message him back in code and see if he can get me more specifics. But I don't know. All he could get me was two words. He could just get me broken arrow. OK, if he, he can get you anything. Else. I mean, it's worth a try because we have nothing. I guess I'll send him back a text. Do you want me to come up with the whole text? I mean, kind of. But then that means <laughs> I'm going to have to do it in response. So. <laughs> Uh, that ultimately I want to just break down to from and when, or maybe how and when we'll do that. Uh, how many letters and how are you going to, I think the thing that I need to know is how are you disguising the number that you're sending him? So like how many were, how many letters is your message and how are you sending him the number code? So like he hit it in a phone number with an extension. Um, uh, I mean, yours is if it's how and when you need that many letters or Yours is how and when you need that many numbers, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, mine could also be a phone number. It's seven. Yeah. Numbers. I was going to say something to the effect of like, I thought it was these other seven numbers without the area code, but, you know, with more message to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I could put together a message that gets how, how, when, and then like the, the code part is like, is that your room number at the hotel? I thought it was. And then a seven digit phone number. Okay. And he responds with another seven-digit phone number, and the message breaks down to watch me. Does my phone have the ability to see his location? Did that go both ways? Because we are kind of on the same level? Yeah, I think so. Okay, then at the very least, for the moment, I'm going to do that. I want to keep an eye on his location on the phone and tell them, like, he he said, watch me. So at the very least, I can do this. I can keep an eye on his, like, GPS coordinates. But maybe magically, we could also, you know, we know where he is. We could see that place great yeah there we go tj you're up bud sure uh i'll magically see where ori is 
Uh, so you will need something of his to view him specifically, as we have already established. That's very true. Uh, Jake, do you have anything of his that I could use? Yes, I borrowed his socks today. I'm wearing them now. <laughs> Delicious. I ran out. I will give one of them to TJ. Fair. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I imagine a world where you and Ori are just constantly sharing clothing. <laughs> I'm going to go inside the trailer and set up the magic circle. All right. We'll use magic. That's a nine. All right. What is your glitch? The effect is weakened. So this vision appears in front of you and it's not like normal where you can hear and see. You can only see and it almost sounds like it's underwater. And so you can't make out the words that are being said. But you see Ori with a group of people and they're standing in a hangar and he keeps kind of shifting around because he's trying to see what's going on because there's a pretty big group here. And someone is rolling a crate off of a plane and then on a table is a vest and you can see this device device attached to the vest and someone is standing in the front and they're holding a control in their hand and it's got a couple different buttons on it and they're gesturing to the crate and then they're talking about the vest and they hold it up and they push a button and it arms and then they push another button and you actually see a light on the crate turn on and the door drops and covered in soul bat twitching and stretching and flapping its wings is Mosquito Dan. And they pick up the vest and they take it over and they start to wrap it around him. What the hell is happening? So they're just gonna, they're just gonna sick Mosquito Dan on it? No silo, no silo, no plane. They're just gonna have this winged monstrosity fly his ass in? I guess so. I was imagining many things, many ways to accomplish this. This was the last of Last them. possible thing. <laughs> but effective. Sorta. I mean, Mosquito Dan is just a, like, we... We messed Mosquito Dan up kind of before. We got more messed up, but a guy in a vest is not as hard of a thing to deal with, but a much harder thing to find. When you put it that way. Oh, God. Where does it say he's on your phone? They are at O'Hare. Okay. They're at O'Hare. So we know a flight path-ish, like we could draw a line on the map. Um, but again, it's finding a, a human-sized person along that route. Like without knowing elevation or anything, we don't know where he's going to come in. How do you get Ori to put his phone on this guy? I don't know. That's a lot to hide in a coded message. Um, I'm waiting. <laughs> it's like six pages of a novel. <laughs> Hide phone on vest, please. LOL. Um, don't forget to call me at this number. <laughs> don't forget to call me. 855-528-1335-612-24. I'm trying to reduce that thought to as few words as possible. Like I could get it down to plant phone. GPS him. That's even fewer. That's that's pretty short and sweet. Oh, wait, I'm not on this team. <laughs> I will put together a message that breaks down to GPS him. And then at the end, I, I give him like a uh, time range like when I think I could be back, like uh, somewhere between 515 and whatever, you know, to get those yeah, six yeah. numbers in. Okay. <laughs> They're just wildly different, like <laughs> between 215 and 945. Like, that's a big. It's like 972. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand clocks. <laughs> He responds with K, and at the bottom it says, you're number one. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I haven't done this in a long time. Someone give me a set of dice. 
I'm not crazy about doing it, but I think that Ori's going to roll something here to see if he can pull this off. TJ's offering me dice. Tass is saying, no, do not take those dice. We haven't been able to come to a consensus at the table. I've got my casino dice. Jake Nothing should roll more dice. fairly than these. Okay, do the casino dice. I was going to give him my bloody dice. Wow, these casino dice are sharp. Good Lord. They have gone down the line. They have touched every member of the crit show. These are good dice. There's a top hat and a cane on one side. Oh yeah, they're from the God. Monte Carlo. We need to go to Vegas and just get a bunch of dice they're throwing out. <laughs> <laughs> I say we just go to a bunch of crap tables and steal their dice. <laughs> We're just, yeah, gambling on the crab stable and we're like, big money, no whammies. And then we go back to throw them and hand them to the person behind us and they run away. Yes. You throw an empty hand and you go, ha it's magic. And then leave. We throw like our bad dice. <laughs> like, wait a minute. These are drastically smaller than the dice I handed you, sir. We throw our crit show dice and that's just how we promote ourselves <laughs> over there. And now we are banned from Las Vegas, like the city, not the casinos, just yep, the, the city. whole city. Yeah. Strange happenings are occurring in the world of Exandria. Slayed creatures and beasts from days of yore are returning to the land of the living, and it's up to a band of unlikely heroes to re-slay them. Welcome to the Re-Slayer's Take. Join Jasmine Bular, Jasmine Chung, Jasper Cartwright, and Caroline Lux alongside Game Masters Nick Williams and me, George Primavera, in this Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition role-playing adventure through Critical Role's fantasy world of Exandria. But don't worry, you won't need to know the rules to follow this story. All you need to know is that nothing the players do is scripted or planned, and their fates are determined by their own cleverness and the role of a 20-sided die. So what the heck are you waiting for? Adventure awaits in the Reslayers take. New episodes drop weekly on Mondays wherever you stream your podcasts. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com/survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. So what are you doing now? He has sent you this message. Watching. For how long? Okay. Dan, if Dan's flying, he's further away than we are. So like we should be able to wait until he takes off and still be able to beat him where he's going. So like, I feel like we could watch until Mosquito Dan takes off and we know whether or not Ori managed to GPS him or not. Does that seem reasonable to the two of you? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. We're not really going to be able to... I, I don't think we're going to be able to set up a thing to follow his path in real time the same way we did with Sherry in a chopper. So I think we kind of have to, right? We have to just, we have to wait and watch and, and watch for him to be released. I don't know how far you're going to want me to chase this fella. I haven't even got 90 miles left on this thing. Well, I mean, let's refill now. I let, Let's top it off now. No, I mean that once you factor in getting to Indy, I've only got about 90 miles to spare before we're totally out. Oh, yeah. I mean, right now that getting extra gas after that is priority two. stopping the nuke. We will use as much gas as we have to. Yeah. Getting there won't be a consideration if there is no there to which to get. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, what if this turns into a goose chase? You're going to send me up there with 
half a tank of gas left and then run out chasing him down? Aren't you chasing after a flying target? Once we get like within range of him, I can go after him personally. Like if we get eyes on him, if we figure out where he is, I can go after him personally. So you don't need to fly the chopper zigging and zagging everywhere that he's going. If we can keep GPS on him and we can get close-ish, get eyes on him, I can go out and try and deal with him. All right. I don't know how high that's going to be is a lot of my problem. We can know his coordinates fine if Ori manages to put the GPS on him, but I don't know that we'll know his elevation. Yeah, that's fair. We'll we'll cross that when we get to it. We'll just have to we'll just have to be sharp up there. Or we go back to the airbase right now and get the jet and try and find him in that because that'll go as high as we need it to and very fast. And it'll have the ability to look for it's got radar and shit like would a single person show up on radar? I don't know if a single person normally would, but maybe when they've got a nuke vest on them that's putting out some sort of signal to a detonator and shit like if not radar, it's, he's got to pick up on some instruments. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a whole other thing, because what do we do there? I mean, what happens when you shoot somebody strapped with a nuke with a jet? Or are you just literally going to jump out of it and crash it and chase him like you were otherwise? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for this. I, I think we got to take the chopper still. I think we all need to go here so that we have options so that if we do get eyes on him from the chopper, TJ can maybe freeze him in place. Maybe if not, you are able to jump out. Maybe if not, I shoot him in the head and he drops to the ground. I mean, we just, we have to have options and sending you out there alone is not it. Okay. Well, let's wait and see if he can get him low jacked. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be looking back through this and, and see what's happening now. Uh, nothing is happening yet. Okay. So after about 15 minutes of watching, the blip does start to move. Okay. Does it seem like it's starting to follow a path southeast? Relatively, yes. Like it does not seem like it is a straight line as you're watching it, but it is headed at least south. Okay. It's on the move. I think that he got it or he's still following it or something. Um, but we've got a, a general course here and things are moving. So I don't know. I don't know at what point we fly to meet it. I mean, how far is the blip from where we are? Like, what do we got mile wise? Uh, it's a little over 100 miles. I, I mean, I say we go. I say we go try to get south of it and then head up, you know, just as soon as we can get to it, the better. So cut west until it is more or less due north of us. And, and then we do our thing. Okay. All right, Everett, you down for this? I don't reckon I got much choice. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. And I'm sorry, man. Well, at least this way we know it's coming. I imagine those bloodsuckers were probably sending that all way anyway. Seems like. As for the rest of you, I mean, uh, the trailers are warded. It's as safe a place as any right now. Certainly safer than getting on this chopper with us, but I mean, you're welcome to come. It's, it's really up to you. I think it's up to you guys. I mean, these people will be important in your future plans. I think you have to decide whether they come with you or stay. Well, there is that group of soul bat awoken guys that are out and about. I'd feel real bad if we left them here and they tore up this entire trailer park just to get at them. Here's the way I see it. Regardless of whether they come with us, if we don't pull this part off, everyone's dead soon anyway. So they might as well come with us and be there to help than stay here, not be able to help. We fail and everything gets exploded. Everybody in the chopper. And everybody piles back inside and Everett lifts off and starts heading to the west. Are you wanting him to try to pilot this sans lights? Oh yeah, because of the... The no flying after dark. Yeah. I can make myself see in the dark and I can help him to fly the, the helicopter. Okay. Yeah. Roll use magic. Oh, okay. 
easily uh like 19 no (laughs) (laughs) uh it's uh 13 all right so you take over the uh the co-pilot spot and you are helping everett see through the darkness as he is flying what are you doing during this trip Uh, it'll take you about an hour to get there what do you think y'all like what is this what is this going to look like what are we going to try i think first First shot should be TJ trying to trap it, and then I can go out and get it. I assume that its position is being tracked by them as well. And if it doesn't keep going where they want it to go, somehow either they make it go there or they just set it off early. Um, so I think we've need, we need to be able to get the vest off and present the illusion that it's still going where it's supposed to be going. I don't know what we're going to do with this thing ultimately once we have it, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. We don't know how it's detonating. Like, have they figured out a way to make Mosquito Dan detonate it? Are they doing exactly that and just following the trajectory and then hitting boom when it's over the city? Because if we just take it on its path to trick them, they're just going to detonate it when we get there. The controller that we saw in the vision, they didn't hand that to Mosquito Dan, did they? No, but the vision cut out before then. But did we get the impression that that was the controller that would detonate this? Uh, You definitely saw it arm it and you saw it open up the box that Dan was sealed in. Yeah, so I, I think they're waiting to press a button. I was kind of thinking like if you know, if they're not tracking altitude either, then I could just fly this thing up and up and up and up until it's exploding at a, at a safe altitude. Yeah. Attach it to a weather balloon. Or I mean, even I hate this, but even splitting up, like if we figure out how they're tracking it, if they're tracking it by a literal GPS or something, find whatever that is. And we take that with us south. And then just like you said, we get rid of this some other way. Broken arrow, man. We throw it down a mine shaft. I never saw broken arrow. So that happens in Broken Arrow. Oh, okay. You did too. It's your and Ori's favorite Shit. movie. Yep, you're right. <laughs> I love that part in Broken Arrow, the film that I love. That's not true. It's the other Jake that has seen it. Oh, that's time. true. Yeah. yeah, you had to consult with him. Yeah. But suddenly a movie just floods into your mind. <gasps> it's beautiful. <laughs> Tears. A masterpiece. <laughs> Christian Slater's greatest work. It's a low bar, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite Christian Slater role is his um, cameos in Hero Salad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we get eyes on him. TJ does his ropey trap. Yep. Jake, you get hands on him so he doesn't plummet to the ground. Yes. We land the chopper. We take out Dan. And then we analyze what exactly is going on with this vest. Like we just, we don't know enough quite yet to know how we should handle dealing with it, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't know how to disarm it or if it's keeping track of how fast it's going or how high it is or anything. We don't know what to do with it next. Okay, so one thing at a time. Let's not overplan this. Okay, I'm I'm in. Let's do it. Cool. So what is everybody doing? You've had this conversation. You've decided not to plan too far ahead. TJ is helping pilot the chopper. What are you two doing? I'm keeping an eye on the GPS, waiting until we get in range enough that I think I could ping it with sensitive. I think I'm just trying to keep everybody's spirits up. Like this seems very dire and we're all packed in this chopper. I think it's just like asking them all for stories and like how... How have we gotten to this point? And, you know, telling jokes and just trying to, I don't know, just keep everybody talking. How have, how have we, we gotten, gotten to this point? point? <laughs> you know, all those cheerful apocalypse stories. <laughs> Tell me about how you lost your friends and family. 
So as you travel and Jake watches the GPS, Jake, at what point or at what proximity to the blip on the tracker do you want to start pinging your sensitive? Like half a mile, probably, considering it calls itself the local psychic environment. Yeah. I assume it's pretty short range. After about an hour of heading west, you start to head north. So you get to the point where you are about half a mile away and Mosquito Dan should be heading at you from the north. You go to use your sensitive and you don't sense anything. Like you don't get a feeling of anything alive within the area other than the people in this helicopter. But I think that it went as far as I would need it to go. Correct. I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting a signal or anything. What do you mean? Like the GPS signal? No, like the psychic signal. What? I, I don't know. I mean, a soul bat isn't mindless, even if Mosquito Dan is mindless. So I feel like if this was him, I should get something. Yeah, I mean, you track the bear. There must be something else going on. Oh, God. Okay, uh... TJ, stay sharp up there. I mean, if we're that close, we have to we have to start changing our elevation a little bit here and, and seeing where he's at. Okay. Uh, I'm looking for any movement in the sky that looks like a mosquito, giant mosquito flying around. I don't think there's any role necessary here. You start to look around in the sky with your night vision, trying to get a sense of where he might be, and you don't see any sign of him. Where is this blip? How close are we? At this point, it is on top of you. It's right on top of us. We're about to pass it. Should we flip on the lights? Maybe. Maybe even get down and see if he's flying at ground level. That's what I was thinking. Maybe we're too high. One or both? Lights or ground level? Or both? I think both still. I think we need to pop on those lights at ground level. Yeah, both. Sounds good to me. That way at least Everett can stay safe while we're flying. Yeah. Uh, So you give the command and Everett kicks on the lights and starts to head towards the ground. And you are with this blip like it is on top of you and up down you do not see any sign of him is there anything do we see anything moving yeah there's like normal local fauna did they attach it to something arbitrary or is he somehow invisible well even if he was invisible you'd still be able to get a psychic link off of him yeah what the fuck is happening is he underground i mean still i'd be able to get a psychic link off of him if if there was a mind around here i'd be able to touch it. So what the hell? Is it a signal issue? Are we just not pinging this correctly? All I'm tracking is Ori's phone. Yeah. So like, it seems like either it's here or something's pretending that it's here, right? Like it's one of those. Yeah, but there'd have to be something here to pretend it's that. I mean, like there's just there's just nothing here. What if Ori's phone is getting shitty signal and we're getting a delay of signal? Okay, so he could be past us. Possible. And just far enough past us that I can't I can't pick him up. For the other two options, either something's pretending it's here and it's not, well, then we're fucked. We're in the wrong place. Yeah. Or it is here and we've done everything in our power to detect it and we can't and we're fucked. So I guess I think TJ's right. Our lead to follow is delayed signal. So so fly ahead of the signal. Yeah. And I can I mean, I can try and reach out and we can keep an eye out and see if we pick him up. Um, How long was it between when Ori said he would put the GPS on him and when we saw it start moving? Uh, about 10 minutes. And how fast is Mosquito Dan going ish? You've been watching him on the tracker. He flies about comparable to you. He's trucking it. He's going about, you know, 70 miles an hour, not always in a straight line. But it seems reminiscent to the flight pattern of a mosquito. It's There's a little weave in it and turn around and then straight on again. Okay. 
So he's going like, I mean, a little over a mile a minute, like somewhere between a mile and a mile and a quarter a minute. Okay. So, I mean, if he is ahead of us, we can catch him. That isn't a problem. Yeah. But we can get an idea here of how ahead of us he could be. Okay. If there was a 10 minute gap between the GPS going on him and us seeing him start moving, then he's no more than 10 minutes ahead of us. Right. Fair. And so if he's moving at like a mile and a quarter a minute or so, then that's 12 miles, 12 and a half miles. That's about as far ahead of us as he could possibly be. All those fun math problems we did in school are paying off to stop a nuke. If Mosquito Dan leaves Chicago at 9.15 p.m. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, I think uh, evidently half a mile, I can ping it like that. So should we go a mile up the path here and see if we see him and see if I can reach out to him? And then if that doesn't work, a few more miles? Yeah, I mean, I think that means we have some catching up to do. So that means what? A mile ahead of where we think this signal is. Yeah. Okay, let's step on it. Go, go, go. Yeah, so I think about the time you guys have come up with this plan, the signal's about three miles ahead of you. And so Everett pushes forward again, and uh, you are chasing this signal. You're able to catch it uh, at the speed that the helicopter goes. You're able to overtake it. So about three minutes later, you are a mile past. You go to do your psychic ping again, and nothing happens. We're not close enough. we got to go farther. All right, let's keep going. Push it, Everett. How far? To the limit. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Five miles, you said? I I don't know. I mean, I guess we could just keep doing this like every mile or something, because if I get half a mile, then I'll kind of cover the space in both directions like whether we're past him or not caught up to him yet right we should be still, able to hit him we're still if assuming he is actually ahead of us we are still gaining a mile for everyone he's getting yeah thereabouts okay so let's do a mile at a time i live life a mile at a time <laughs> <laughs> So you set off again, and every time you get another mile ahead of the tracker, you try to do your ping, and you try it, and you try it, and you try it, and it doesn't work. And then once you get to the point of being five miles ahead of the tracker, roll sensitive. Ten. Yes! You hear the bickering of two different voices, one urging forward, the other pleading to flee. Okay, I've got a beat on him, on both of them, I should say. The the Soul Bad and Mosquito Dan. Okay, yeah, just get us there, man. We can do this. And you can tell that it is maybe 200 feet below you and about 500 feet ahead. And how close to the ground is it? Uh, where you are, you're about 500 feet up, so it's it'd be like 300 feet up from the ground. I want to wait until TJ can get eyes on it then before I fly out to be ready to engage it. All right, TJ, we'll read a bad situation. That's an eight. You get a hold one. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? As ever starts to lower you all towards the ground, you see the lights of the helicopter pinpoint onto Mosquito Dan. He's covered in soul bat. His wings are flapping rapidly. And over the soul bat, he wears a dark vest. And in his hand... There is the dull red pulse of the light on the detonator. (laughs) 
The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to Icewind Dale. It is not a good day in Icewind Dale. Aurel, the Frost Maiden, a god, the divine embodiment of winter's fury, has withdrawn to this cold corner of the world, plunging it into endless night. Can you repeat this uh, harbinger of winter's name again one more time? Aurel. 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 This is I Seduce the Dragon. Gentry, I'm so sorry I'm about to fight some kids. God damn it. It's a new D&D podcast. Your hands are tied behind your back. Okay, what's that face? <laughs> Am I into it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a story about Tori. He is the worst person you know. Gentry. And none of my friends believe me. Not at all. You're circus folk. Why would we believe you? Erastus. Erastus likes to party and moisturize. <laughs> <laughs> and Martha. I have to eat off of porcelain like one of you people. You people? Uh, what a hardship for you. It's a story about friendship. Aren't you supposed to be a god? Demi-god, remember? Oh, demi-god. It's like running a half marathon. It's like not that impressive. <laughs> it's still a very long run. And standing up for what's right. And this is, just to be clear, still our problem. I'm going to go hide under something. Look for I Seduce the Dragon. Oh, he's big. Oh, he's so big. <laughs> wow, he's so big. I've never seen someone take up four squares on <laughs> Roll20. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcasts.